Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. This is that show, <laughs> that show, <laughs> that discusses theology in a fun it, format, it's already an too, engaging way. This is too much giggling for, for the beginning of, of where we're at. Okay, we're Josh and Heather Tice. We minister to and lead. Wow, you just really Southern took that down. Hills, I think. A little more enthusiasm, We're having please. a theology episode. I think there should be no fun. Some gravitas, please. Some gravitas. <laughs> I'm bringing my, my voice to a lower octave. Okay, you can find so this. Will I. You can find this in previous episodes in our iTunes podcast or on KVXL 101 Experience Liberty Radio. We always start with some fun. Heather, are you ready for some fun? Now we sound like pub, like NPR. NPR. Yeah, Josh. Let's let's do that. Let's let's have some fun. <laughs> Here we go. So we have to start by addressing something. We've received some criticism. As a show. Our show has received (laughs) some criticism. This is going to be our final episode of Bible (laughs) Talks because I can't deal with it. (laughs) Um, You want to tell them about it, Yeah, there was a survey that went out uh, for the local radio station here in Las Vegas where our show plays. KVXL 101.1, Experience Liberty Radio. And we received a lot of feedback about the radio station itself and one person writes specifically Wait, the question, tell the what question. the question was the question on this survey which has many 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 questions shows and sermons right. that play on this radio it's, station it's a, lo- it's a big station ours is a half hour show and it's just tiny itty bitty and it plays segment. like once a week <laughs> twice well, twice a week we have two time slots any no. shows what, what was the question any shows <laughs> that you what are do you not do you not like caps. Are there any programs enjoy. you do not enjoy? <laughs> and and the, the person writes, Pastor Josh and his wife. Pastor, I don't even first, have a name. First of all, no, no, no. First of all, he doesn't even know the name, or she doesn't even know the no, name of our right, show. Crystal? Oh, there was an this assumption person, made. This person doesn't even know the name of our show. It's called The Bible Talks. Uh, number one, which is very clever because every episode we end by saying when the Bible talks, people should listen or something. And it's awesome. <laughs> Secondly, he said, I don't like Josh and his wife. He doesn't yeah. even know your name. I know. Which, again, is part of the title. I want to know why show. he. H-E-A-T-H-E-R. I want to know why he doesn't <laughs> like us. I don't know. Yeah, there was no constructive criticism. Right. Give us some feedback. So. That's how Crystal started our morning. Our producer is like, I need to show y'all something. And she showed it to us. Forget all of the five-star reviews that many of you have given on iTunes. Forgive we need more. Great Please reviews. give us five stars. We need We're validation. We're needy people. <laughs> <laughs> so true, though. Oh, my word. You like Chip and Go- Joanna Gaines, and they don't even talk about the Bible. Yeah. I mean, the, all they talk about is homes. We're giving you the word of God. They do actually talk about the Bible. They? They're very outspoken Christians. Well, I know, but I'm just saying they're all barn doors and and no crack, substance crack, like this show. Am I right? Crackle paint. <laughs> Let's talk about colors in the Bible. <laughs> My favorite Bible color is the rainbow because it's because it was the flood. All the little animals got on the boat. 
the moral of the story is take care of animals. That's the depth of our theology right there. It's good stuff. Yeah. Passes anyway. the time. You know? Hey, so whoever wrote that review, you're dead to me. You say, that's not a very not nice to thing me. to say. Tell me how I can earn your love no, and de- favor. I'll de- do anything. No, you're I'm dead just to me. No, they they look. They did not hear me say that. No, Whoever but wrote the funny this thing did is not they hear. They also said later on, what was it? They said that they don't listen to the station. They listen. To, what was the station they listened? It was a Bible station they listened to. We can't. We can't name it. I know, but they named some other station. Right. And now the person, if the person's not going to hear this because they already, might, because no, as soon as they your heard, haters are your greatest fans. They listen. Oh, I've, oh, I've got some haters out there. They read and read everything I write. Yeah. So and watch everything I do. No, that's true. They've admitted it. And so I sometimes <laughs> I write it. stuff just for them. That's beautiful. <laughs> so and that's why we just opened just for them. this guy. Yeah, or, anyway. or a woman, because we don't want to be sexist. It could be a girl. It could be a girl that's the hater. Anyway, anyway, I'm I'm kind of feeling down. Me too. I know, but um, but Heather, I like I like you. I like what you're wearing today. She's wearing uh these Mickey ears, that were a gift from a friend. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, I mentioned in a previous episode that I have never had a pair of mouse ears, which is true. This I've is true. I've never had one. Yeah. And I don't know why, because my husband, who's a Disney fanatic, has taken me there many times, and never once has he crowned me with these beauties. Well, here, here's the thing. Once I always plan to, and then I see a pair of ears that I want for myself, and I, <laughs> I don't have enough money. <laughs> That's not true. Some people just imagine I've got like a uh, hundred ears uh, tacked up. a collection. I've never bought a pair in my life. Do no, I have any got, ears? No, but we no. did get into Disney pins. That no, was where true. our money went. I don't want to talk about that. And then we sold them all, because that's how Americans do. So anyway. We collect, then we sell. So anyway, I had mentioned that, and we have a friend and a listener, uh, Cassidy Eichelberg. What's up, Cassidy? Yeah, she's awesome. And she heard that, and she works at the world. She works at Disney World. Yeah, she's amazing. So down there, shout out to Cassidy. And she immediately found me this awesome pair of ears. You can go on our Facebook page if you want to see which style of Mickey ears I'm wearing. Is it a princess one? Is it a villain one? Is it a Mad Hatter one? Is it rose gold? Nobody cares at this point. It's oh, just they too care. much. If the you Bible care, talks go with Josh and Heather. H e a t h e r on oh, the Facebook page. You just reminded page. me of that guy. <laughs> so Cassidy Eichelberg, not Thank only you. she was a member of our church for years, and then she moved to Orlando. She works at the mm-hmm. World. Now she's becoming a missionary to mm-hmm. Togo, West Africa. She's yeah. actually moving out and going to be a part of the uh, ABWE. Um, hospital there where Brandon and Kate Snook will be serving and yep. we're very excited about that so if you're interested in supporting Cassidy Eichelberg you can find her information online oh hey yeah it will be soon we have an upcoming trip in November if you look if you want to come to Israel with Josh and Heather and study the Bible at a very shallow level <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> no but seriously we want to encourage you to l- call our church offices and let us know we'd love to have you join Are you us give out the number 702-388-7422 that's actually an interesting mm-hmm. phone number 702-388-SHBC I didn't know our phone yeah. number had SHBC in correct it. yeah 15 years how ago have I, I, how have I not that. known that for 15 years I don't know but they should come to Israel I with us. Oh, what's our fun to keep thing? Children alive. We're supposed to get this thing going because okay. pretty soon. Well, is that our fun time, or do we have time for a question? I feel like we already had fun. I feel like we did too. And and I'm excited about today's episode anyway because I want to get into it. We're talking about the best things about being a Christian. Now, I, I now well, you there's say, one or two good things. There's a couple good about things about being a child of God. <laughs> <but> <laughs> now the scriptures. I mean, if I really think hard, the scripture is clear <laughs> about this, right? I mean, 
it w- we don't want to paint the Christian walk as if it's all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, right? It's not like the moment you get saved, every problem goes away. No, the Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Um, we know that, but at the same time, the Bible is clear. It's far better to be a believer than not a believer. Mm. So what are these great blessings that come along with being a Christian? What are the best things about being a Christian? Heather and I have compiled a bit of a list to discuss at this point, and this kind of ends our soteriology study uh, that we've been Ooh, going through. that's a big word, yeah. soteriology. Soteriology. Which ology means study. What, was, what does soter <laughs> <laughs> So. Mean? So means, so what, if you have tears? Ology. So it doesn't matter if you cry theology. It no. means the doctrine of salvation. Okay. Yeah, that's what so we're talking about. So finishing up the doctrine of salvation, so the benefits of being a believer. Right. If you want to continue in this series, back on episode 41, we talked about this. Episode 39 was part of this series. Uh, episode 37, episode 35, all of these things were part of this series called soteriology or the doctrine of salvation anyway um yeah the best things about being a christian heather what do you got let's start with one of my favorites and it's probably the reason that we're initially drawn to salvation um is for heaven itself yeah eternity yeah so getting to be with the lord in heaven in fact if you ever have been through a child evangelism lesson i remember um when i was trained in child evangelism we would learn to use a wordless book and they always start with the gold page. You tell the kids, we're going to look at the end of the story first. And you look at the back of the book, the gold page, and you talk about heaven. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny you were trained with the wordless book. So was I. Um, at about 12 years old, I started being invited by Child Evangelism Fellowship to go to the, um, the annual county fair. And they would set up a booth where you could uh, teach other children. As a teenager, you could teach other children the wordless book, and you invite them in, and you sit down, and you walk through the wordless book. And I re- I'll never forget explaining about heaven and salvation to a, another kid about my age, redheaded kid, his big smile, walking around the fear by, fair by himself. We pulled him in. I walked him through the whole gospel. It was the very first time I ever led somebody to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right there, bowed his head and received Christ. But heaven is a very compelling aspect of our Christian faith, and one that the Bible uh speaks about so much especially in the new testament and and so uh man we are drawn to that but have you ever heard uh, i just heard this recently the concept of that too often as christians we try to live as if heaven is now yeah and mm. i'm probably not going to express this well because again i've just started hearing this and reading about it and thinking on it myself but the idea of accepting the fact that okay we live in a broken world and there are good parts and good things we experience there, just a taste of heaven. But why are we so shocked when we don't have perfect circumstances, perfect relationships right, right. right now? That's right. not this for is, now. This is not here, uh, or this is not mm-hmm. uh, heaven. Uh, we, we live in the spiritual realm, sure. Right now we're living in heavenly places if we're saved. The moment our spirit becomes alive, we are part of the physical realm and the spiritual realm. But this is not paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not heaven. Now, there are beautiful aspects to this world and things that God has redeemed, but to think that this is comparable in any way to the eternal kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom of heaven to which we long and, and, and wait, no, there, there's nothing compared to that. Mm-hmm. And, and um, Christian literature and Christian music throughout the generations has spoken to this. I mean, one of your favorite songs um, talks specifically about this, dwelling in Beulah land, mm-hmm. this longing for the day to be able to be 
home with friends and family and loved ones and most importantly with the Lord himself. Yeah, I think about when we have those beautiful moments, it is just kind of like wetting your appetite for what's to come. Yeah. And I think about it and I think, oh, Lord, this is going to be so great. You just gave me a little a little moment. Mm. You know, whether it's something special in my devotion time where the Lord really speaks to my heart yeah. or fellowship of believers that's so sweet or even a good family time with the kids yeah. or a beautiful sunset. Yes. or There are so many things. And so often my mind is drawn to it's going to be so good. Yeah. Um, no, fellowship with great, believers. Yeah, there are moments in our sm- my small group, and it's taken me years to find a really good small group that I, I open up to and connect with, but there are moments where we're just studying the Word together, and I look around and I'm like, oh, with my friends studying the Word of God, it, it's it, there's a sense of peace. There's a sense of um, a visage of what will come mm-hmm. and what could have been if Eden had never been fallen. Or, or moments for me in times of worship on Sunday morning mm, as yes. we're sitting there and we're lifting our hands in praise to God and the entire congregation is lifting their voice to him. There's a spirit of unity and love and, and, and acceptance and, mm. and forgiveness and a complete lack of sin. It's, it's a really, really cool moment. But it's just a taste of what eternity will be like. Yeah, just recently we had a choir in there from Africa. Oh, my word, and it was amazing. they were singing praises and Christian songs in their own language, right? In their own style. And it was a beautiful thing because you and I have talked about this a lot. We love to travel. We love seeing different cultures, different nationalities. And the beauty in each culture is yeah. amazing. And thinking about the glory of the nations, the Bible says, worshiping. The yeah, Lord. Every tribe, every nation, yeah. every tongue coming together. And the Bible says, specifically in Revelation, it says, and they will bring the glory of their ch- nations into and out of the city, talking about the city of Jerusalem, mm. which the glory of the nations is, is symbolic, I think, understanding the glory of the nations being to be the culture of the nations, the mm. dress, the food, the style, the music of all of these beautiful places mm. um, coming together. I, I think sometimes we get this whitewashed, visual of the way heaven will be because we went through um uh uh it's a small world <laughs> and mm-hmm. at the end every at the very end everybody's in this white place and they're all wearing the exact same clothes and they all yeah. got the exact same smile and you can kind of be like i think that was the native american girl i think that was the <laughs> uh indian girl and the answer is it's like almost all that culture has been washed away we will not see that in heaven what mm-hmm. we'll see is c- distinct cultural beauty uh, apart from sin yeah. But um, but represented in this place and not just the modern cultures of today, but the cultures that have have passed away, things that we've mm-hmm. never tasted or seen or heard or experienced heaven there. Uh, we could do uh, many episodes about heaven, which we will when we get into eschatology. But boy, it's a fascinating subject. Yeah. Another aspect of heaven that I'm looking forward to that I really never thought about until just recently. We took a trip to Texas and we made some new friends. And I remember we just were talking about how much we love this family, a family that serves together. And you and I were talking about it. And, you know, I was like, how have we never met them? They're yeah. very similar to our family. Very, very close in temperament. And just, yeah. we just really enjoyed getting to know them. And immediately there was a connection. And I remember you saying, yeah, they've just been down here serving Jesus. This man for years has been doing his own thing, yep. serving the Lord. And I remember telling those ladies when I hugged their neck and said goodbye to them, I said, to at least one of my f- new friends, I said, I'm so glad that we got to meet before heaven. Yeah. Like, I didn't have but to wait to heaven, heaven to meet will them. Be. But I thought, how many, yeah, how many people is it that we are going to just love and connect with and be like, oh my goodness, you were so fun. And I love talking about the Lord with you. And I love joking around with you. And I love your family. 
and we, we, we it's just impossible yeah. to meet them right now, to know yeah. them, not just the people that have passed on, but right now there are people serving all over this earth yeah. that are our brothers and sisters that we would and, love to know. And not just this this moment, throughout history yeah. and in years to come. So yeah, no, heaven will be, the Mendozas, by the way, are our friends down in a shout out to yeah. those down Y'all in are the awesome. uh, Rio oh, Grande Valley. Oh, we need to say in Spanish. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. El bueno, el queso es bueno y apostoso. I know a singular. Tu, tu eres, I don't know, amazing. El pollo loco. <laughs> anyway, did not heaven well is a Spanish. great, one of the best <laughs> things about being a Christian is through the forgiveness of sins, we become joint heirs with Christ and we have been deeded as our as our uh, inheritance, the kingdom of heaven. It is mm. ours. What a beautiful thing that is. What's the second best thing about being a Christian, Heather? Well, being a child of God. Yeah, let's talk uh, about John that. John 1.12 says, But as many re- as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. First John 3.1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. Yeah, the Bible doesn't teach us that every human being is a child of God. No. Yeah, Barney Five said it. We're all God's children. Yeah, we're Sorry, all Barney. <laughs> and You're so funny, did, but and, that's not true. And so did Elvis. <laughs> Elvis sang Elvis it, right? Elvis said it? Elvis said in his Christmas song, he said, uh, uh, Santa knows you were God's children. That <laughs> makes everything right. <laughs> that's my Elvis. That was pretty good. Yeah. All God's children got a uvula. That's what Barney says to quote him. <laughs> <laughs> that's a specific quote. That's that's pretty good. I'm glad we were able to sing Elvis and talk about u- uvulas. What's a uvula? <laughs> it's that thing at the back of your throat. Oh, all God's children's got a uvula. Yeah. But th- w- all God's creation, human creation does. Yeah. But not all God's, well, actually all God's children do too because they're all part of the creation. <laughs> so, so I guess it was accurate. All God's children do have a uvula. Well, that's true. Yeah, all God's children, but it's not saying that's a great point. <laughs> Good job, Barney. I never thought the that theolo- Barney was correct. All these the years. theology <laughs> of of the Andy Griffith show is pretty spot on. It's, a, <laughs> it's right up there with the Josh and Heather show. It is. Bible talks. <laughs> you can learn a lot. <laughs> uh, but the fatherhood of God, yeah, that's something that the the universal fatherhood of God is something that we would reject theologically. Um, we would say that um, we are the sons of Adam. We like the way C.S. Lewis says it, where the, the men are the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve. Um, yeah. We're descended from them. We all are image bearers of God. We all bear the image of God, and therefore mm-hmm. everyone who bears the image of God, regardless of race, creed, background, whatever they might be, or, or, or sin, um, we bear the image of God, and therefore their life is valuable. Everyone's life is valuable. But to be the children of God specifically, the Bible says we rebelled against God um, mm-hmm. through our father Adam and our, our mother Eve, and we've run from him. And in doing so, um, we are not part of his family until until such point, as you mentioned here, that we believe on the name of the Son of God. And uh, if we receive him, he gives us power to be called the sons of God, uh, even to those that believe so on his name. So what are the benefits that come from being a son or daughter of God? Yeah. Um, the relationship benefits, a big one is the idea that as a father, he answers our prayers as children. So God hears our prayers. There is power for the believer in prayer that a non-believer does not have. Um, God is good, so he does give blessings. And many times, because he's reaching out to those people, he will express his love to them and sometimes answer a prayer. Sometimes he's showing them, yes, I'm going to give you healing in this, or your loved one healing, or I'm going to help you in this, because I want you to see that I love you and who I am, that I'm God, and I want you to come to me. 
But he's under no obligation to do that. But for his children, he does answer our prayers. Uh, He talks about this in the passage. Oh, and I don't have it written down. I started, but I don't have the the reference for the verse. It's, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. uh, That's Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew. Matthew. Okay, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to you? Yeah. So the idea there is just like a father, just like we have an obligation to take care of our children's yeah. needs, to um, to do right by them, to answer those things. He does the same for us. Absolutely. So uh, just there's a there's an old story about Abraham Lincoln and Tad, his son, would often interrupt even in the midst of the war. Tad even was so cray cray. Tad was well. Nobody's ever said that before. I I don't. Oh, think. I bet you somebody said. Actually, it was his wife who was cray cray. Oh. We are really off topic, but I have to stop and say yes. Mrs. Lincoln was a loony bin. Bless her heart. God bless her. She's in heaven listening to this program right now. Mm-hmm. Probably. I don't know. I put most. I, I put say, most American presidents know? in their yeah, families I'm in like, heaven. We don't know if they're, she ever trusted Christ. What record? They're all there. Have? Sure. Sure. Why not? Anyway, um, yeah. He Tad would rush in and uh, interrupt. But uh, what I loved about it is that um, the story goes that often when this would take place, Abraham Lincoln would stop the meeting, he would pull Tad, put him up on his knee, and he would say, all right, gentlemen, you can continue. And Tad would have little trains, and he would be rolling them around on the table while, while Lincoln continued to uh, battle through mm-hmm. um, all that needed to be done. That's so, why they lost the war. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> they won the war. I just wanted to see if you'd catch it. <laughs> <laughs> That was so out of left field. So what's the point? Tad was able to come to his father, and his father would give him the attention he needed. The North would have won. The North would have won. Tad Lincoln had just minded his own business. Oh, my word. we got to move on because there's just too much here that I could say. Oh, my goodness. So what are the blessings? really off topic. What are the blessings of being a Christian? Why do you you let me be on your show? (laughs) (laughs) Ah. I, I'm beginning to wonder. Crystal invited you, I thought. Oh. Heather, people will listen because of the charm of, of, of you as a, as a human. That's it. And, uh, and okay, so let's get back on topic. Boy, that was a smooth transition. <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of a way to segue back to the importance of how believers should pray for unbelievers. <laughs> so I think d- that as children of God, there is something we should remember. Because our prayers do carry weight, because they do reach the Father's ear, um, we can make intercession for those who cannot. So for unsafe friends, unsafe coworkers, it's something we should be doing is saying, yeah. can I pray for you for that? Yeah. Um, offering up prayers because, again, God hears our prayers. Our Father hears and answers our prayers. Yeah. And he's under no obligation to do so. With those that haven't accepted him. Right. Would you add to that? No, but just simply because that? we're a, a child of God, it, it gives us, grants us access mm-hmm. to the creator of the universe. Not simply as somebody who is a favored citizen, but as a very family member. What an incredible thing that is. So heaven, being a child of God. The third one we have there is the forgiveness of sins. This is one of the great benefits of being a Christian. One of the best things about being a Christian is that we actually have uh, the forgiveness of sins. I mean, imagine what it would be like to carry around your sin load throughout your entire life and then die with it and then have to answer to God for the, uh, for the transgressions of the law of which we committed. Now, the Bible says we're all sinners, and that there's nothing we can do to escape from that moniker of sin unless we're forgiven. And so we're able to go to the one who forgives us and, and no longer have that problem. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't have a lot to have here. Well, the forgiveness <laughs> of sins. What would you say is the next one? I'd say the next one is peace God. Okay, peace with God. Mm-hmm. What do we mean by that? Uh, that we, the world is continually looking for peace. Yeah. We have what the world wants. Yeah. Um, I was just in a counseling situation yesterday, and the word kept coming up that the woman had peace. Yeah, she inner didn't peace. want anxiety. She wanted peace. She's looking for peace. And, of course, the Bible tells us uh, that we can have access to peace through God. In fact, in John, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Um, Philippians tells us the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, the world's looking for it, and they'll try anything to get it, but they won't come to the one who is the Prince of Peace. Right. So Jesus Christ is the one who's offering not only personal inner peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible says if you're saved, you're walking in the Spirit, the fruit of that Spirit is love and joy and peace. But the mankind needs to understand that they're never going to have peace with one another until they have peace with God. Um, so let me, let me say this in a few ways. I, we think to ourselves, man, what, what can we do to, to gain, garner peace between communities or between even countries? We really need to look, all of that is, is not going to happen because we are not only simply at war with one another, we're at war with God himself. Now it wasn't God who declared war on us. It was we, when we transgressed the law, declared war on God, and we've been fighting against him like a petulant child fighting against his caretaker. Um, We fight against him, and then what the Bible says is the moment Christ died upon the cross, he made a way for us to come back to God. He was the high priest that holds the hand of God and holds the hand of man and brings us back together. And the moment he did that, he garnered peace. He gained peace with God, and no longer is God's wrath poured out upon mankind because God's wrath was poured out upon upon Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not true for every human because not every human has Christ taking that wrath. So there are many people that are still at war with God because they have not been born again. So mm-hmm. one of the great things about being a Christian is that we have peace with God. God is not our enemy. We are not upset with him. He is not upset with us. Yeah. And he is completely at peace with us. And that goes into the next one is because of that peace, we're accepted by the Lord. Now, this is a big deal. I'll never forget. I'm a sophomore in college. And one of my professors, his name was Dr. Joel Mullinex, and he was at the front of the Lyceum, and he was walking through the book of Ephesians, and it was the very first day of class, and he was explaining the book of Ephesians, and as he did, he came to this specific passage, and it says in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 and verse 6, to the praise and the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Now, now break that verse down. We praise the glory of his grace, by God's grace, by God's free gift to us, whereby we have not earned it through our own good works. God has made us accepted Mm. in the beloved. I'm not accepted by God because of things I've done. I'm accepted by God because of what Christ has done. I am accepted in the family Mm. of God. And he said said these words. I remember the, the professor said, there is nothing you can do to make God like you any more than he already does. There's nothing you can say. There's no message you could give. There's no act of service you could provide. There's no sin you could avoid that will earn God's love. He already loves you completely and fully, and he accepts you in totality, not because of who you are, but because of what Christ has done for you. 
you don't have to prove yourself to God. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, why it is, but growing up in a Christian home, sometimes I felt this pressure to prove myself to God. And I've realized I think I know I why. Don't. It's because it's not just about Christian home. I think it's just human nature. Because think about this. Um, when we go into a new group, as children, as teenagers, sometimes even as adults, what do we do? We immediately have nervousness. What are they going to think about me? What do I have to do? What aspect of my personality can I bring out so that these people will like me? And we may not think that as consciously, but we do it. And we try to do things to earn favor with the group, to be the funny one, to be the smart one, to be really kind, you know, to share our, our toys or our snacks or whatever. We are trying to get favor with people. And the idea of just being completely accepted is so foreign from the human mind that I think it's something that takes a while. And I think that's why I was going to ask you next, because I've heard you share this testimony. And you said that when you were in that class, at that very moment, the truth really clicked. Or was it the beginning of the truth? No, it really powerfully clicked in me for the very first time. Now, for the first time, I continued to grow in the knowledge of that and how it applied to my life played out over the next 10 to 15 years, certainly. Um, and it's a truth I think as Christians we have to keep coming back to because we have a bent Mm -hmm. towards sin and then once we're saved we have a bent toward legalism that is this proving myself Mm -hmm. to God so that maybe he likes me better and if I obey the laws God really really is happy with me the answer is he already is happy with you based on nothing you've done your work your good works of righteousness are like filthy rags to him he only sees the robes of Jesus Christ therefore when he sees you and he sees you robed in the righteousness of Christ, he smiles. I think that's a deep and beautiful truth, and I think it takes some time sometimes to really get that from our head to our heart. Yeah. And for me, I remember, you know, I if you had asked me in college, you know, can you make God love you more or less, I would have known the answer. Right, no. But it wasn't until around 2008. Yeah. Um, I was 28, yeah. almost, when I first really understood it, and I remember... It wasn't just an overnight like flipping of the switch like it was for you. Yeah. For me, I remember it being just going before God day after day in his word and hearing what he said yeah. about me yeah. and seeing his love for me. It's like he was just pouring into it over and over and saying, Heather, I love you just because I'm good. I love you and I accept you. You don't have to do anything. Just rest in me. And that's, but it took a while before it truly moved from my head to my heart and I was truly living it and understanding it fully. Yeah, for me, I think I think it clicked, but I think it clicked for me as in I definitely now saw at that age God accepts me fully. Hmm. But I did not understand till another decade later that God also accepts other Christians fully. <laughs> so I think that's what it took. No, literally for the next 10 years, yeah. I was like, God fully accepts everything and I'm good and, and he's great. But then I would look at others and I'd be like, God mm-hmm. clearly is not happy with that Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what, pre- that's what led to a lot of sermons I regret, statements mm-hmm. that I regret, attitudes toward other believers. Now clearly God is very pleased with me. But look at those other Christians. God must be really angry with them. And boy, God's going to get them. And then I realized, whoa, 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 whoa. What is true for me as a Christian is also true for them as a Christian because I don't have any more of Christ than they have. And uh, so, yeah. And the book Grace Awakening by Chuck Swindoll helped me understand that. So these are the benefits. Okay. 
Uh, we talked about this a little bit, so we won't spend too much time, but a- a- access to God. Yeah, we have um, full access to the Father and the throne of grace for mer- to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is exactly the gift from God because we are Christians. Not everybody mm-hmm. has access to pray to God, yeah. um, but as Christians, we do. You say, well, anybody can pray to God. Sure, sure. But the problem is, if you mm-hmm. pray to God, will he hear you? And the answer is no. Your sins have separated you far between you and your God so that he will not hear you. We talked about as a child, we can come boldly. We talked about that. We talked about how we can come to the Father. But we haven't talked about that we can come as a friend and with earnestness. And I think those are important things to remember. Just like you can tell your best friend anything yeah. um, and hear from them. The same is true with God. We can tell him anything and he comes alongside of us as a friend, helping us to grow in grace. I think it's interesting. You, you use the word earnestly. Um, I, I think that's a great word. It means with, with passion, with argument. I, that's the idea. It's being able to come to God and say, God, this is really what I need. God, mm-hmm. you've got to do this. You say, oh, I can't do that with God. You've got to look at the examples of the people in the Bible in the way they communicated with God, the way Job did, the way Isaiah mm-hmm. did, the way Moses did, for goodness sake, as Moses would argue with God, his friend, and earnestly plead, God, mm-hmm. for your name's sake, please don't destroy the people. God, for your name's sake, please heal the people, take away this plague. So access to God, a great benefit of being a Christian. Yeah, um, I hate it when I'm just learning something and then I'm dying to share it. And then later I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even understand that fully, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, that's what happened to me on episode 41. (laughs) This goes with something I just had the the, uh, privilege of studying. Back in the Garden of Eden, when God is asking the question to Adam and Eve, uh, he says, where are you? Mm. And the, oh, I love this teacher. She's so good. And she asked us to write in our notes, why did God use a question? Because she'd already built up the premise by having us study scripture and say what we learned in those scriptures about God. And it's that God is full knowing. He has all knowledge. So if God has all knowledge, why is he asking Adam and Eve, where are they? And of course, I know the answer because, you know, I'm not my first time around the Bible block here. It's because he wants them to admit where they are. He yeah. wants them to come to the truth. A great counselor does that. They they ask questions to lead somebody Instead to the truth, have a statements. revelation. But do you know what this teacher pulled out of the woodwork? Mm. She said she brought she's bringing in the concept of intimacy with God, the friendship with God. And she said, imagine you were taking a walk with somebody and for the whole walk, you could talk all you want, but you can't ask a single question. Mm. And I had never thought about that, but questions promote and provoke communication. God wants a relationship with us. He wants to use questions to draw out conversation with us, to draw out that relationship. And I'm still getting in there, but she had us then answer the question. This is my challenge to you, listener. This may seem silly, but answer that question like a friend. If your friend said, where are you right now? God, Mm. your friend, says, where are you? Spiritually, emotionally. Right out bullet points, and it's interesting it's the answers great, great that I idea. did in that exercise. It brought some revelation to my heart, Lord. That's a wrong heart attitude because of what I put there, yeah. or Lord. And He knows it all, but man, bringing it to light and sharing that with Him, He's a friend, and you can be earnest and you can be real with Him. So I good would stuff. say the final best thing about being a Christian, and this is not an extensive list or conclusive list. You say there's more. I know there's mm-hmm. more. The last one that we say, by the way, this list is not original with us. This was written, uh, this list originally was written in a book called Bible Doctrines for Today, produced by Abeka Book. Um, I love 
this last one, and that is fellowship with God. What, what do we mean by fellowship? We, look, the great blessing is that you can be with God, mm. your creator. Um, there is nothing more wonderful than having a deep relationship with God. Now, look, a lot of people will listen to this, and we've had people comment. We're joking about bad comments before. We've had people comment, we like the show, but I've had people say to me, I really like hearing just you and your wife and the relationship you have. Um, first of all, our relationship is not perfect. <laughs> um, we make mistakes and we fight sometimes. We get that. But the best relationship. I thought you were ready for us to share our list of grievances. No, that happens at Festivus. Oh, because <laughs> I'm ready. I had mine. Do I need to open it no, up? No, no, no. Put that away. Okay. Put it. Oh my word! She has a file box. Okay. Where did you Where did you get that? <laughs> Is that filled? <laughs> <laughs> I I've been collecting it for the last couple of weeks. So this that's is just, it. That's this just, is just the last two weeks, weeks worth. Yeah, yeah. The greatest relationship, though, <laughs> Heather and I would both admit to is is the relationship, the fellowship that we have with God. It is more important to us that we have fellowship with Him mm. than we have fellowship with each other. That we have fellowship with our parents, with our siblings, with our friends across the country or yeah. in our local church. Fellowship with Him predicates all those other fellowships, and. Without the fellowship with him, our fellowship breaks down. That's so true. I mean, I, it's so simplistic, but it goes back to the concept, Matthew, of seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Really, when you are seeking God first in his will and letting him be the king yeah. and saying, Lord, I want to know you first, and you are the one where all my needs are met, it's amazing how many other things. So many of the times when we have a problem in our relationship or you know, our marriage or whatever, it's because... I'm seeking something in you that I'm supposed to be seeking from God. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing how when I have those things met in God and he's changing me, how much easier I am to live with, you know, and, and it's true. You're though. telling me not only the benefit of us living on earth, but just that joy. It's amazing how things that were so important, trivial things that were so important when we walk with God and we know him, how they become so insignificant and minor and how much easier the road on this earth is to walk. Well, that is the list. I, hey, Heather, I was going to say this was our last lesson in, in soteriology, the doctrine of salvation. It's not true. We have another one coming up on episode number uh, 47, and this one's going to deal with the assurance of salvation. Can we lose our salvation? How can we be certain of our salvation? What if I'm questioning my salvation? That is going to be a great episode and one that is extremely important. I can important. answer that. You cannot. You can, yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert. So now <laughs> you don't have to listen to forty-seven. But if if you have children that grow up in the Christian home, teenagers listening to this, this is the type of episode that is important for them to hear. So that one's coming out in a few weeks, a uh, month and a half or so. Episode forty-seven, assurance of salvation. But that's not what in the next episode is. The next episode is scriptures we pray part two. Heather, what is that going to be about? Well, I'm excited about this one because I think it was a listener favorite. We're we're kind of watching, and that was one of the ones that really got a lot of listens. It was actually one of my personal favorites. Episode think, 27, Scriptures oh, yeah. We Pray, Part 1. And it's scriptures that the Lord has brought to life, and they've actually made it onto our prayer list, and we pray them. But we didn't share all of them exclusively. And I asked you a few weeks ago, I said, listen, I have more scriptures that are on my prayer list. Do you? And we both did. So we're going to share some more of those. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But as for this episode, uh, we're out, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for listening to episode number, this was episode, Heather, number 44. Six more till cake. Six more <laughs> till cake. So thank you for listening to episode 44 with the Bob Talks with Josh and Heather. And remember, 
when the we've bi- had some tough. No, not oh, tough you almost got me. We've had some tough breaks lately. Oh yeah. So don't forget, give us five stars. Yeah, please. <coughs> my we're heart gonna, is hurt. We're gonna be okay, <laughs> but we we need your validation. So share this podcast and give us five stars and give a review. Tell us how amazing we are. Yeah, we need it. We do. <laughs> yes. So remember, when the Bible talks, we better listen. <laughs>